confidence should come from who you are and what you do, and you need to do the work to love yourself. Don't ever let somebody tell you you can't do something. Hello and welcome to the Cozy Corner podcast. For those of you who are confused as to why you're not hearing Kai's voice right now, that's because I will actually be hosting the podcast from now on. So my name is Tabby and I was fortunate enough to meet the team behind the Say So project not too long ago. Off the back of that, I was pretty fortunate to be offered the role of hosting the Cozy Corner podcast and I grabbed that with two hands. But I don't want to hold you back from getting to the vegetarian alternative meat to the sandwich. So I'll leave you here with... The interview that I had with Kai, Dion, and Callum, where we talked about the theme of this week's Say So project, confidence. Confidence. Confident. She's confident. Some call it arrogant. I call it confident. Two clips want me making a beat. That's Hello and welcome to an episode of the Cozy Corner podcast. I think I was just talking to Kai before and this is season number two of Cozy Corner. It's only right that the first guest of the day is Kai and his sweet vocals. So Kai, man, how are you? I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good, man. Um, yeah, sorry that... Did you call my vocals sweet? Is that what you said? I think I called them. I think I called them sweet. You I don't know. Would you, don't, would you... I need you to just don't even do that. <laughs> that is, <laughs> that's the greatest way someone's ever describe my voice so i'm gonna take it don't worry i'm gonna take it but yeah exactly yeah. hey maybe by the end of the episode i might have thought of a more um adequate word that brings um a better response than you being like don't say that again which is <laughs> what i know you actually meant but anyway um so brief uh intro so kai and i actually i think just like people do meet through the internet meet through people that we know and low-key aren't many black people who are kind of in the fields that we're in in wellington at least so i think that's probably how we met and then from there just talking about um some creative stuff and then we discussed um cozy corner podcast and then somehow some way he managed to give it to my dumbass. but we're going to move on with that (laughs) <laughs> but for those uh, listeners who may not kind of like i guess know who you are what is i guess i like to ask this question to people as a bit of an introduction it's quite a it's quite a legacy question per se but what is one thing that you want people to know about you that i guess for them to take away from listening to this episode or say if they did a google search of you what is one thing you'd want them to take away um one thing that I want them to take away is, I guess I'm very, yeah, I want people to know that I'm very careful with my words. I'm always, I'm always careful with the words I use, I guess. So you're just like saying that this podcast is going to be boring as hell because you're not going to be able to give us any spicy takes? No, nah, bro, is there's, there's always going to be hot takes, but the hot takes I say, you know, <laughs> there's, I've always thought about them, you know, like, I don't know, I, I, I reached a, I think I reached an age, like, where I realized I was just like talking to talk, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I think if people Google me now as well, like, because there's a lot of articles out there, there's a lot of things that I've said, they're like, yeah, now nah, I'm part of that. Like, I can, I can definitely stand by that. So, yeah, if there's one thing I want people to take away, like, I stand by all my words, um, post 
2016 because I know that like Facebook be doing that stuff like on this day, you know, like seven years ago. <laughs> trying to drag you. Yeah, it's like, don't I'm be not, reminding me about that. I'm not trying to get canceled anytime soon. So I'm going to say <laughs> post 2016. Like. <laughs> so it begs the question uh, what happened in 2016 or what? 2016 was just like, you know, so I went to university. Um, I graduated from Victoria University last year. Yeah. So, yeah, so last year. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a great year for me in two thousand and sixteen because I just kind of like flourished at university. It was a it was a point where I like, found myself. I don't want to say found myself like I like went searching over Europe, but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it was it was a good year because I finally found like you know a home in Wellington. You know, we were flooding. I found like a good community of of people around me. Um, yeah, it was just it was a different year because it, it was a year I grew up, you know. But I think we'd be remiss if we didn't actually explain, I guess, where I guess Cozy Corner and more say so project came from because these these Cozy Corner uh, podcast episodes will be linked with the say so project as we'll be releasing um, people's stories every every week, every month. But I guess if you could give me like a brief and listeners a brief explanation of the say so project, how it came about and how it's gonna manifest itself in twenty twenty. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, you know, I, I created the project in 2016, <laughs> the um, the year that I just like... Yo, bro, that was a year for you. That was yeah, a big that year. Yeah, that was a peak year for me. I can't lie, but like <laughs> there was... I, I guess if you saw me create it, it probably didn't look that peak. Um, I was in my bedroom a lot, just kind of like, you know, just typing away and, and, and talking to people who knew a lot more about like the storytelling markets. And and I guess, um, yeah, just listening to a lot of people talk. I did a lot of listening that year, you know, it was it was very really different. Um. But yeah, uh, man, I don't even know where it started. I think I think I came out from China. Yeah, I came out from China um, on a ministry trip and just kind of started brainstorming about like I wanted a place for young people to just be able to share their stories and like, on an equal platform, you know? Because I got I got my like I got my shot at like telling my story a hundred times. Like everybody wants to hear that. Everybody always. So wants you've to got hear a platform, that. you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've already got a platform, so. Um, even though I had a story to tell, you know, I grew up with people in Qatar that just had a way better story to tell. You know, they they came from a lot, you know, they came from not a lot, and they still did the most, you know. And and it was kind of unfair that I only got to see these people on Facebook or like when I got back to Qatar, nobody else got to hear that sort of stuff. Um, because I draw inspiration from like the weirdest people. Do you ever like just you got those two or three people in your mind who like would never even know that they inspired you? One hundred percent, absolutely. But like, but yeah, but like they've actually done the most and they just kind of like, you know, they live those average lives or like they live that like that life that they would probably say, oh, no, nah, subpar, it doesn't matter. But like in actual fact, bro, like there are some things that yeah, I can shout out a few people right now, but like, I, you know, I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, bro, that's um, a slippery slope to forgetting like your parents when you shout me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you when you shout someone out, you got to shout out like everybody. So I'm not even going to start that um but yeah so that was like one of the main inspirations from it and then you know starting with the stigma from Qatar of like not just young people but yeah young men weren't talking enough about their emotions and you know I always thought that you know as a young man myself it wasn't that I wasn't talking about my emotions it's just that nobody ever asked you know like nobody was asking a question what was my story what was I doing so you know, that's where the Sensor Project really came like from it was just me wanting that um that stigma to end and me wanting that question to ask myself so yeah yeah i just um just wanted to sort of share my platform to to the rest of new zealand and, and give the people who like 
you know, even in the class of 2020 this year, we've got some amazing people. And I mean, even when we started in 2016, we collected some amazing stories. We've changed a lot since then, uh, you know, I'll admit, but the the amount of stories that we get and the quality of them have just been, you know, phenomenal. The young people have such a voice in New Zealand. And I think it's unfair that, you know, like, that there's not more of us, you know, there's not more say-so projects. There's not more, like, people trying to, try to enlarge on their voice, you know? Yeah, I hate to say it, but I mean, and I guess saying something like give a voice to the voiceless, I think that probably isn't actually accurate because these are people who have voices. They just aren't necessarily being heard by, I don't know, I guess the mainstream. Exactly. No, exactly. Like there's so many, I mean, everybody got a voice now with Instagram and, and Twitter and, and Facebook, whatever, but like it doesn't, doesn't matter, but it's just like, they're not actually being respected. Um, you know, I, I remember my minister, Minister Hinata, um, actually said that you know like how old are you you know you're, you're you're 17 well you're the master of being 17 no nobody else can tell you what it's like to be 17 right now other than you you know so if if New Zealand needed the perspective of something from 17 year olds like they should ask 17 year olds they shouldn't be asking the 50 year olds who've got the masters and doctorates whatever like you know they might be more knowledgeable on development or youth or whatever but you know if you really want to know the answer go ask a 17 year old so yeah, that's exactly what what we're focusing on here. You know, we want to go straight to the source. Yeah, that's dope, man. And I think the the quote that you just said there about master being seventeen. It's interesting because I remember having conversations with people about like the voting age and whether that should change. And I know that you've done a lot of work in like the youth development space, so it's obviously something you're kind of passionate about in the youth space in particular. Yeah, I mean, that kind of came about without you know just before the social project. Really, that was I was I was really into youth development opportunities and programs that kind of just went around the country you know coming from Qatar though I had a really specific and I guess a valued opinion on a lot of things so yeah you know shout out the Ministry of Youth Development um, for really fostering me in that in that space because I learned so much about youth projects and and grants and and even philanthropy that's how I got my start in philanthropy as well so yeah it's been a it's been a it's been a journey you know, you you asking these questions actually made me think a lot more than <laughs> than I actually expected. Also, you shouted out uh, Ministry of Youth Development. Are you about to shout out every ministry that's helped you out, or oh, are you just man. are you yeah, no, are you see, about to like you really go to me into that, man. bro? They're gonna at yeah. you, bro. Check your emails tomorrow morning. And be like, don't talk to us again. But legitimately, like my Facebook <laughs> is gonna be blowing up. <laughs> One thing that I think underpins, I guess all the work that you've done in different spaces as the fact that there's a sense of confidence about you. And I love a good segue. And I guess before that should explain the fact that, so in these episodes, we're going to be talking about the Say So Project and what's been released on the Instagram page, which is at Say So Project. And each month or so, there's a specific theme that's been posted about. And recently we have been sharing the story of Ginger Snaps and their, I guess, take on confidence. And I think whenever we're talking about, say, a term like this, it's important to check the literature to see what the kind of they say, I guess, the dictionary definition is. Confidence is the difference between being inspired and actually getting started, between trying and doing until it's done. Confidence helps us keep going even when we failed. And with self-confidence. To believe in yourself, to, to accomplish any task, no matter the odds, no matter the difficulty, no matter the adversity. So you've just heard the explanation from a couple of TED Talks. So I guess, Kai, to you, I guess based on yeah. that definition of confidence, Ginger Snaps' take on confidence, what is your 
definition of confidence? What does it mean to you? Yeah, um, I mean, geez, I mean, like, after listening to those, as well as, like, listening to Ginger Snaps, like, it, I can't even really define it, really. It's almost just, like, a feeling. Um, yeah, you know, you know, confidence to me has always just kind of been, like, a trust thing. Um, trusting yourself or trusting the community around you to, to get something done. Um, it's never really been, like, a hardworking or adversity thing. I, I, I do appreciate your comment about, you know, that I have confidence because, you know, to me, that, that was never like a, a born thing. I had to find that. I had to work for that. So I appreciate that. But um, confidence has always just been like, I I trust myself now. There are times where, you know, I try something out. Um, and I heard it described the other day as like a sink or swim moment, you know? And I'd, I'd often sink. And yeah. sometimes that was because the idea wasn't good enough or like maybe, I, you know, I, I misplaced something or... You know, whether it be like on the football field or like in the classroom or in university or even if it was just like, you know, an entrepreneurship boot camp or whatever, you know, I, I could sink because of all these different, you know, uh, attributes or I could sink because I wasn't confident in myself. And, uh, you know, I look back now and I'm like, I think it was just confidence because you can you can do anything. And I know that sounds cliche as hell, bro. I hate saying it. Even Damn, as bro, say it, you a like, Tumblr quote or something? Sheesh. Yeah, exactly, man. Like, I'm I'm really just the inspirational quotes on your, on your <laughs> wall. Um, but it's, uh, it's it really is just a trust in yourself thing. Like, um, if I was going to, if I was going to, like, start something tomorrow, whether it be, like, another project or, like, a book or start writing or something, I need to have the confidence to finish it. So I need to be able to see that goal. I need to be able to imagine myself after it's all finished. And that gives me the confidence to keep going. Um, and it's the same with like walking into a room. You know, if, if you walk into a room, bro, and there's your neighbor, Jacinda Ardern, and Helen Clark in the room, like, who are you going to go talk to? You tell me. Who am I going to talk to? Yeah, yeah. Um, gonna I'm probably going to talk... I'm probably going to try to talk to Helen Clark, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? But you've got the confidence to go up to her and actually try, right? There are some people who are just waiting in the back by the cheese board. That's and just true. Try, like, and just look at the people that are just trying. And they may make fun of them, or they might just be like, oh, you know, I'm not trying to talk to blah, blah, blah. But it's actually they just don't have the confidence to even go up there. They don't even have the confidence to, like, to start the, you know, to take the first step. So, you know, for me, uh, I talked to my mom a lot. But I remember one time I talked to my mom and, I was talking to these ministers in the banquet hall and she was like, yeah, because you've got the confidence to just go up there. You know, you don't see the difference between your neighbor and Simon Bridges. You're just going to go talk to him. And it's not that I don't see the difference. It's just the confidence that you've got to go up there with. It's like, look, I trust you're going to give me the time of day. So why should I even think that you won't? That's true. And just to just to circle back, you talked about how um, you you were I guess grateful that I described you as someone who was confident, and that hasn't always been the case. It's interesting because through the research that I did, um, one of the TED talks I spoke of how you like confidence is a skill that you can actually learn. And I guess my question to you is, when have been I guess the moments for you where you've I guess learned the most? about yourself and I guess developed that confidence when have your sink or swim moments been man um you know so list off like a few um you know I've had I, I think in university has been one just going through university um it's a, it's a weird time because you're for the first time ever you're surrounded by people who are thinking at the same speed as you um and they're also just keen to learn it like 
you know, in school, you, you your classroom, I think the classroom dynamic is such an interesting dynamic. You know, if anybody did research on the classroom dynamic, like any ethnography on there, I would love to see it because of 29 to like 35 pupils in all of my classes, there are stereotypes. You know, there are the people that just aren't interested. There are the people that try too hard and they just can't get it done. There are the people who don't try at all and get it done. Like there's so many different types of classmates in there not to box um, you in but which which stereotype you think you would fit in that group i didn't achieve as much as anybody probably would have thought just because i wasn't confident enough um i didn't you know somebody would come into the, the class and give us an assessment or whatever and i just looked at it and i was like no i can't do this and i would stop there yeah you know i would i I would fill out the things that, and this is the this is the difference bro if, if you were given a test and it had 10 questions on it and you knew five and you didn't know five are you filling out all the questions or are you filling out the ones you know? Because I was the kind of kid that just filled out the ones I knew. And you wouldn't even attempt the ones that you didn't? I wouldn't even attempt because I just, I just, I just was like, nah, like, what if I write something down and it's silly and then Mark is going to laugh at me or like, you know, yeah. thinking back to it now, you know, the type of person I am, I would have answered all 10 questions. And hey, you got to shoot then, your shot, baby. Exactly. Exactly, man. You got to shoot your shot. And that's probably the next thing, man, man. Basketball. I played basketball in primary school and I stopped for ages. And I started back last year. And like, bro, I, I'm telling you right now, my jump shot is atrocious. Okay? <laughs> I got one pair of Jordans and my jump shot is atrocious. Um, <laughs> but like to get on the court and just like, just because nobody knows your move, you know? Exactly. Nobody knows you haven't played this sport in like 10 years. But to go on there, you know, get on your defense, put your hand up, stand square, you know, like run some screens. People won't even know because if you play with that confidence, if you play with that like role of okay, like this is what's gonna happen, like you're just gonna go play basketball, stick to your you know, stick to your guns. You trust yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that would be a single sort of moment as well for me, just kinda like getting on the court. Cause there were times of there and there were times in that test in, in university and at school where I was just like, I don't got this. I don't have this. What was the switch? Like, at what what caused you to go from someone who, I guess, as you said, would fill out five of the ten questions that you knew to someone who, I guess, would shoot your shot with all ten of them? Like, what what do you think? When do you think that moment occurred? If it was a moment, it might have been over a period of time that different things happened in your life. But man, it was it was actually the support of male friends around me. It yeah. was the support of people who like, you know, I I had um, I, I've gone through a lot of like groups of friends and it's not that we're not friends anymore but it's just like you know close friends we've all sort of switched around and we all had that toxic group of male friends who just like didn't encourage each other to do anything you know that i see i see it now even when i'm teaching at schools like there are those groups of boys who you're not supposed to stand up you're not supposed to put your hand up if you say anything like we're just going to laugh at you sort of thing and, and that doesn't build confidence in anybody um but then to to find a group of people who will be on the sideline when you shoot your shot and even just you know you know just applaud it you know that's that's a difference so um yeah i was definitely finding a good community a good group of friends that were going to support me through trying to learn and trying to get better and things like that yeah i think i can definitely relate to that you know you have as you said you have certain friends where 
when someone, I guess, is trying something, whether trying a new Instagram or just not even a social media thing, they don't necessarily support you in your decisions. They kind of pull you back. And I guess that's a bit of a microcosm, a microcosm, sorry, of New Zealand's tall poppy syndrome, which I think has been well documented in New Zealand. And it's funny, I actually, when in school, in my first year in year nine, I remember at a parent-teacher interview, one of the teachers actually talked to my mum about how they thought that tall poppy syndrome was actually affecting my confidence in the fact that at the start of the year I was coming in answering questions and then I'd slowly started to I guess be less engaged so I guess it really is yeah. something that does impact people's lives and I guess in such a transitional yeah. stage at school it's quite important that it doesn't right it's so it's so prevalent at school and it just affects you so much like getting one question wrong you'll be you know, you feel like you're getting hounded for it. Or yeah. you do do one thing wrong in PE, you're gonna get hounded for it. Yeah. Um, but it's worse when you do something right. And I'm a once again, I'm gonna go on record as saying that if you do something right, bruh, like the snarky comment comments, <laughs> the little the little side thing of somebody being like, "Oh, you can handle that," or like, you know, like. Oh, you're big dog now, sort of thing. You yeah, know, like, yeah, even little things like that. It's we'll, like we'll belittling language. Yeah, yeah, it's just gonna play in your mind for so long, and that that itself is such a bigger like, hit to someone else's confidence. Yeah, than, yeah. Than somebody coming to me and being like, "Nah, that's stupid," you know. Yeah, like when you succeed, and when someone still has snarky comments, that would really that really does crush people. Yeah, it crushes you. It crushes you, especially when you you know, especially when you put yourself out there for that confidence. Of like, oh nah, like I got this, or like you know, like oh no, nah, I'm doing this right. You feel me? Like yeah. If if you go out there and you're like, yeah, nah, like I've, I've trust myself, like this is good, like it's taken a long time to get here. Especially with me, I think my sink or swim moments have been more damaging when I've just been like, okay, I'm a, I'm gonna dip my toe in, you know? I'm yeah, a, exactly. I'm gonna get on the court, or you know, I'm a, I'm gonna put my hand up and give this idea, out, you know, and and then you just get. You don't get beaten down for it, but you get belittled for it. That toe poppy syndrome, it will hurt you if you're not strong enough. That'll, that'll take you out again. That's so true. That is so true. So as I said earlier, we'll be analyzing Ginger Snaps' story, and here's a little snippet of her story. This time two years ago, I would have been a couple of weeks into high school. It's usually at this time that they have um, elections for the school executive um, including elections for head boy and head girl. So the four years before that, I had been actively and passionately working my ass off to become worthy of the position of head girl. Like, I wanted it so badly. I'd wanted it since I stepped into that high school. And I thought that if I worked diligently, if I lost sleep, if I was just like constantly sleep-deprived, if I constantly signed myself up for things where I had to basically be at three places at once at all times, then I would get anything I wanted. And so I got to that point and I couldn't believe that when the election results came out that I didn't even make it onto the shortlist for the executive which was like a really earth-shattering moment for me and I remember just like just like being silent for an hour like I didn't speak to anyone I didn't look at anyone I 
remember my friend came up to me and sat next to me to me and he asked me how I felt and I just burst into tears and I didn't care who was looking at me I sobbed so hard and it was such like a deep rooted pain because I had placed four years of my self-worth on this one moment and I figured that if I got the things that I wanted if if I accomplished the things that I set out to do if I got those things that then I would be worthy of respecting myself and loving myself but that's not true that's not true because um, no matter what kind of goals you set the minute that you get what you want it feels good for about 30 seconds and then you're just on to something else um, and so I guess what I'm trying to say is that I would have loved to tell myself that time right before I found out that um, your self-worth should not derive from your rate of success. I just, um, I didn't know that. I, I didn't, and even if I'd known that, I didn't feel that. Um, I, I felt like I wasn't, I just felt like I wasn't worth anything and I felt like such a waste of space and I felt like I had wasted four years of my life trying to get something that would never be mine um and what I failed to recognize was that sure I didn't get my end goal but I got everything else along the way like I'd become a great hard-working person and I didn't care about those things I just cared about whether or not people looked at me and saw saw their head girl. So quickly, I just want to really thank you, Gender Snaps, for sharing your story. And it took a lot of bravery for you to do so. And I think on behalf of all of the Say So team, I really want to thank you for that. But to you, Kai, have you had a similar experience? Yeah, man. It's it's happened. It's happened numerous times before, but I think the the weirdest thing is that you know I set the social project up for for young people who are feeling isolated in their own problems to find somebody else that you know has has gone through it or struggled through it and come out of the other side positive. And hearing that was so crazy because I did I went through the exact same thing. Um, year thirteen, put my name down on it, you know, to get to get shortlisted for Hyde Boy. In year twelve, I was a student representative, so I was already on the executive. You know, I was already on the council, so I was like, yeah. you know, this is just going to be. I'm not going to say it's going to be a shoe in but it's going to be a little bit easier because, you know, I already know how this stuff works. And then, yeah, put my name down. A week later, went to the shortlist and I wasn't on it. And I wasn't on it because 0.7% my attendance was down. You know, I I had to hit 80% attendance. And I can't remember what it was, whether I was playing too much football or like if I was sick a lot. I think it might have been a combination of both, but yeah, I was 79 point something percent attendance and you need 80% to get on. So I didn't yeah. get shortlisted. And I just remember going back home and just like, just being like, wow. Because that was a goal of mine. And I, once again, I also put myself out there. But that was a, that was something that I put myself out there, which nobody else knew about, you know? Mm. So, yeah, that was, that was, it, it hurt. But, and I think it was damaging to my confidence. Um, but there was a bounce back because I couldn't get teased for it. I couldn't get berated for it you know yeah because i guess as you said you went for it but no one else no one else knew about it i guess apart from the headmaster or whoever who was making the the eventual exactly exactly it's just you versus you at that point yeah it's just you versus you in your own head how do you think that has kind of shaped your 
perspective on, I guess, putting yourself out there? It's shaped my perspective a lot because I realized, and I mean, look, no disrespect to anybody who's been a head boy or anybody who's been on the executive, I realized that that wasn't the top thing. I realized that there were higher peaks. I realized yeah. that there was more to do. I realized that I could get better at doing things for my community, doing things in New Zealand, you know, thinking nationally. And I was like, okay, I've been declined for this, so at least I know I'm not there yet. You know, like, at least, mm. at least I know what I'm worth. At least I know that these people are like, okay, he's not here yet or whatever. Um, and so after that, man, and I mean, I, I, I kid you not, two years later, I applied to do the, the youth parliament stuff. Um, and it just, same thing. I was staring at the page for ages and I was like, if I get rejected, so what? I put, exactly. my, you know, I shot, I shot my shot. If I get rejected, so what? Like what's the um, worst that could happen, you know? And if and if I get in and people, you know, say things and that tall poppy syndrome takes a hit, I know that this is going to be for a long time and I know that I can live through that. You know, like, exactly. those comments only last for the first few weeks and even after then, you're kind of like, don't matter. So you kind of have, I guess, a long-term mindset when you're applying for things and putting yourself out there that I guess short-term, worst thing that could happen is I don't get accepted. Long-term there's nothing to lose long term there's nothing to lose long term it's just kind of like i don't want to say that there's like nothing to lose i want to say there's bigger things at stake yeah like if i if i go there and apply the best thing that could happen is that you know i get to work with the prime minister or like you know this is how i was thinking at that stage like you know i get to be in the beehive i get to make big decisions i get to learn about like government all that sort of stuff yeah that was like so cool if i didn't make it i go to class tomorrow and i'm still blessed to be at university so like you know the, the wins and losses there were just who cares yeah i think it's an and i think it's important in every sense of life that when you have these moments where you i guess quote unquote fail or i guess maybe don't succeed that you do take stock and try and analyze what happened and how you can kind of move on move on forward because i know there's definitely been the same with me uh i know that when i went for a resident residential advisor role at university everyone around me was building my confidence up telling me hey tabby bro you'd be a great ra and when i got that email saying that i've been declined man it might be one of the most i've I don't think I felt worse in terms of how crushed I'd felt just because in my own mind, right. I'd built myself up. I'd gassed myself up to the point where the role was already given to me. It was already handed to me yeah, in my exactly. mind. But ev even in then, bro, even in then you realize that the only reason that you're affected by that is because it was you versus you. Exactly. Because you had trust in those people to be like, okay, like you see the character. Okay. Like my, my community around me is gassing me up. Then I, you know, I'm confident now because I got that backing. Exactly. But in the end, like when you get declined, it's just kind of like you versus you. So you got to realize that, like, all right, that's that's on them. You know, that's on them. Exactly, man. And it's it's almost as though I said you're a fight. You're in a fight with yourself. And at the end of the day, it doesn't necessarily matter, right? And yeah. not to get you don't want to get impacted by the voices that are surrounding you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the last question that we that we ask on these podcasts is, when was your November? And I say November because one of our favorite artists, Tata the Creator, talks about how his November was a moment in his life when everything seemed perfect. 
he longs for November and it's a metaphor for a better time in your life. So to end, I guess, the pod on a more positive note, when was your November? I think it'd be silly if I didn't say it was 2016. Yeah, at this point I'd be like, bro, if you don't answer 2016. I'm not going <laughs> to say 2016. Um, yeah, I think it was just like, well, last time I went back home, I went back for, for Christmas. Um, but I went back for a long time. And it was, you know, I just finished my job at Salient. Um, so I've been writing a lot. I've been writing the whole year, just reading the whole year. It's really intense. And yeah, I just went back for home for a whole month and I just did nothing. The same sort of feeling I woke up with today, you know, there's just no checkpoint. I gotta take the dog out for a walk at some stage, but other than that, there's nothing there's nothing going on. I, I completed one of my biggest goals to become editor of Salient. Um you know, life was good, there was money in the bank, there was food in the fridge. Oof. And I had opportunities on the horizon. So yeah, that was definitely my November because every day looked the same and, and when you're up, when you're up north it's just beautiful. Yo, that's Bro, can can my November be your November? Cause that, as I said, that sounded nah, blessed. I don't, that sounded I don't do blessed. swaps, bro. I don't, I don't do swaps. <laughs> <laughs> You've got your host Tabby in the building in the studio. I like to call it my humble abode. And then I'm also joined with Callum, aka Young Blue Ray. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm really um, into so my quickly- YouTube intros at the moment. Just what is going on, guys? I do the fist punch. <laughs> Welcome, guys. Just really high energy, yeah. like really high yeah. energy. But aside from having a creative Instagram name, you also do delve into the arts of, I guess, kind of media and marketing per se. And that's kind of, from my perspective, that's been how I've seen your role through, I guess, the Say So project and cozy corner would you say mm-hmm. that that's is that how it kind of came about like how yeah. did you kind of 100%. i guess fall into this so I, I studied marketing and i had a minor in computer science for th- four years and i graduated at the start of 2019 um, can you just run some code for me real quick like are you all good to just some whip up some python for me um i if you give me like a free crash course just to really reset <laughs> my memory i'm good to go but like i don't really want to get into it that much i did a data internship at like like 2018, I um, went up to one of my marketing lectures. I was like, hey, like, is there any way I can do more of this like creative coding stuff? I'd be really interested. And he's like, oh, well, come on and do a research project with like the company I was working for. And I was like, oh my God, I just, that was like the first time I ever talked to a lecturer and it immediately got me like an internship. I should have do that more. You finessed the internship. That was in my last that. year of university. Classic. Classic. <laughs> I, I fucking managed to do that. So I like went and did that for six months and I was, I really enjoyed that project. Like it was a really good way to flex computer science but in the meantime i was kind of like working with i'd kind of started talking to kai at like the start of the year working on a couple of like video real small time video projects that we were doing and then by the time my internship was finishing up he was kind of we were putting a lot more stuff together for say so and yeah. he kind of asked me to come on and do some video series and like sh- shoot some short films because he kind of seen some of my previous work and from there it was just like we were just creating short films, podcasts, um, like anything we could really just like make up. I would, uh, earlier on, we were doing like really short stuff on the story of like film Fridays and breaking down mental health and stuff like that. So I, it was just such a, I kind of came in doing film and then got to take over the Instagram and go, what can I do here? Like, I really want to flex yeah, yeah. my, my digital marketing skills. And it was just such a great creative space for me to be able to work in. 
and um yeah so then we kind of worked through that into 2019 i picked up a job at salient with kai and then we continued doing a bit of say so stuff it was a bit quieter but we did ultimately did an event with mary potter hospice last year on like a spoken word rap poetry showcase for like rangatahi at the national library which was just like an immense that for me was a really good like if say so had ended at that point i would have been like i would actually be able to say yeah i think i achieved what i wanted to achieve because we had this whole digital audience that we were trying to build and then bring it into the real world and have these people have actual conversations and that was just a fantastic event like i really love that but luckily we haven't ended it and we're now kicking (laughs) off into some even better bigger stuff so yeah, that would be that's how so I, cool. I, how I got into say so and where I am now, because it kind of sounds as though everything you'd kind of been working towards and kind of imagined had manifested itself into that event. Exactly. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's beautiful. And I guess before we go any further in terms of like what how you've kind of interacted with say so in your piece, to I guess explain, I guess go behind the curtain a bit behind Young Blu-ray. What if there was I guess one thing that people would take away from hearing this episode and, and I guess maybe seeing some of your work on um the Say So Project Instagram at Say So Project, look, you know the plug was coming. Um, what would you like people to know about you? I just really like I think working on Say So really helped me define what I get enjoyment out of and just like my day-to-day life what I value in like people what I value in myself it was just a really good like like a focal point of three years of some like tumultuous like mental health stuff kind of figuring out what my marketing degree was actually going to do like I yeah <laughs> like you always get the <laughs> chat from your parents of like that old chestnut you've got a bloody degree now the world's your oyster it's like yeah but like 500 other people also have the degree and the- <laughs> So like, and that's just in Wellington. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, it, it was a real good yeah, point yeah. of like, say so kind of coalesced this like really beautiful, like moment of realization where I said, I really enjoy making stuff. I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy like having conversations that aren't necessarily the easiest to have, but they are kind of essential, especially in New Zealand and really just building my kind of what I want to work on in the future and what I value in people and relationships from there. I really do enjoy like creating stuff and I really enjoy talking to people and even as an only child, I feel like every every only child knows that feels like, oh, shit, maybe I should just go out and have a yarn with some people real quick because I've been playing video games for four hours. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so true. I was an only child for like 22 years of my life, so I Damn. definitely do resonate with you talking about, yeah, I kind of want to go outside. Like, yeah. I love gaming, but <laughs> do also want to kind of go outside, talk to people. Because, you yeah. know, at times when, say, I don't know, your parents might be working till six or seven, and yeah. that's a fortunate position where I have a house, yeah, exactly. a roof over my head. But, you know, there's no one kind of necessarily around, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, no, I, I definitely get, like, a, a lot of enjoyment out of doing stuff like this. And I yeah. really, it's... It, informed my like own research on mental health as well and just how much these conversations do matter so it's something i can apply to my own life and spread around a bit more outside of the marketing aspect of it yeah no that that's that's really really cool what we want to kind of do on these uh, podcasts is kind of talk about the theme that's kind of gone past in the last kind of week or couple of weeks on the Say So Project. Mm. And this last week's theme has been confidence. So as whenever you're doing research into anything, I think you need to research the literature a little bit. So looked into the archives and I've found a couple definitions of confidence. And so Great the it. TED Talk thing. Um, confidence is the difference between being inspired and mm. actually getting started between trying and doing until it's done confidence helps us keep going even when we failed 
Now, self-confidence, to believe in yourself, to accomplish a task, no matter the odds, no matter the difficulty, no matter the adversity. Yo, that's bars. That's, that's straight up bars. That. That's, that's, that's <laughs> poetic snaps right there. Well, that, where the, that was off Merriam-Webster, was it? Like, uh, that was some, not, uh, that was it's poetic. off a TED Talk, but oh. the TED Talk probably got it off Merriam-Webster. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or Urban yeah, Dictionary, yeah. either one. Yeah either one but i guess I, I i really wanted to talk to you about this in particular because you're kind of in a field where you you're exp- you're expressing yourself through your art and through the literal visual representation of what we see on the kind of like instagram mm. so i imagined have there been well, i guess two questions to begin with what does self-confidence mean to you and have there been times when you felt unsure of yourself and your art form? Because, I mean, people like to ask, like, can you separate the art from the artist? And I guess when I think when people think of you, they might think, oh, that's Callum. He does the say-so stuff. Mm-hmm. He does the marketing for that. And that might be the only kind of depiction that they know of you. Yeah. I mean, I I get a lot of enjoyment of having people see whatever I put out. Like, I wouldn't cons- I wouldn't necessarily call myself an artist at all. Like, I think... I'd leave that to a lot of very good design students that I know. Uh, shout out Jen and Rachel. And oh, even, you going on the shout outs? Even Bro, you're going to need a shout yeah, out 20 people. <laughs> there's a lot of people on them. I'll just give those <laughs> to the top two. Um, but like, what I really enjoy about is the process. And this is something, again, that I've got to like develop through say, so is seeing my kind of what I work on go from the storyboard right to like the analytics of like how well that gets received and when I put it out and getting that whole digital publishing like expression out in one thing and the entire journey of going through that it's something I got to work with with Salient quite a lot of like working with Rachel our designer and just being like oh this is real dope and the article is even better like what how can I lay this out in a way that makes sense for our platform and like really helps people connect with it a bit more um in terms of how people receive that and how i feel confidence like what self-confidence means to me i think it is when it's might be very simple but just even just like a fire emoji under it's just like hi i'll take that i don't mind if it, i don't mind if it's a bot but, um, <laughs> that that but, response in like 10 seconds like cool zero followers zero following yeah. all right cool 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 um, thank you zero there are like there are times where i have put stuff out of like, I definitely could have done that better and I don't think it's my best work and you still get the accolades for it and you're like I hated that like I didn't like what I put out there that was really not, that wasn't very yeah. good but then there's other times where you just like put something like I've put stuff out and I've been like no nah, that's that's about as perfect as that could have been and I'm really happy with how that came out and I think because so much of like what I do daily is like creating stuff like I'll make some r- random beats on my machine or like um make a video for say or something and I just really once I feel that it's like perfectly ready, I'm like, I couldn't really care what people say about it. Cause I just know that that's the best I, that I could do. And I really put like, put so many different cogs together for it that I'm once it's out, I'm very happy about it. So to kind of touch on a point that you said towards the end there. So you, you, when you've kind of put all that time and effort into it, you said that you don't really care kind of like how it's received. So for you, because you then also said before that when you get, say, the gratitude of like a fire emoji under the comment, that makes you feel good. But then is it with you, say, when you get the negative feedback, that's when it doesn't impact it's, you much? It's like a, it's a, it is a weird thing. Cause I mean, we don't get a lot of negative feedback about us. I don't think we've ever gotten called out. We've had some stuff with maybe salient or with some other jobs that I've had roughly like, and I, oh, okay. Maybe that wasn't, <laughs> maybe that wasn't the best thing we could have put out. But, um, I think it's, 
it's a real weird balance of like i do because i take so much feedback while i'm working on something i always send it through the group chat or like um show it to someone else and be like what do you think this is missing or i'll be very self-critical of it myself by the point it's actually out to the public i think it's at a point where i'm like i know this is going to get a certain reaction and that kind of negative reaction would really have to step outside of what i was even expecting them to receive it as for that to affect me i know that with your because you're wanting to take this into like a career and wanting to do some form of marketing as a career thing and i know that this is a difficult time for everybody trying to apply for jobs a lot of people losing jobs but i know you personally you've had quite a up and down i guess experience and maybe unfortunately more downs when it comes to i guess job hunting like how has that i guess experience been for you and have there been times when you've i guess questioned your capabilities questioned your skills yeah I mean, I've had like two, like the last two years I've had periods of like the first two months of the year where I just couldn't land a role and it would be, I'd usually get to like the final stage of an interview for one that was like the last of two candidates or I would be. Bro, that's even worse, man. Yeah. And it's just like some companies deal with that really well and they'll be like, Hey, you were a really fantastic candidate. You missed out by like just short of an inch. Other companies that will not be named will <laughs> give me that final interview not i'll send them an email afterwards saying hey it was really nice to catch up with you then they won't email back for a week and then i'll send them another one saying hey is there any updates and they're like oh we actually filled the position and i'm oh, like oh yikes yeah wow so that i was yeah. like mm. but i've had enough like really i this this year especially i've had a lot of jobs where i would apply for it going like i think i could definitely do this and then you get that first, you get that first hook of like, we want you for an interview. Like, okay, you get that second interview. Like, okay, I'm, I'm a, all I have to do now is continue to be me and know the value that I have and what I'm offering to the company. And yeah. if you get to that, and I've now had, had a, a very few close shades with ones that I've either had to turn down, trying to take another opportunity or yeah. one, an opportunity that came up and I just didn't click with the final thing or something like that. But with the confidence aspect of it, it's always been to me like just knowing, I think this may sound a little vain, but like actually looking back through your work and like critic, like analyzing it and seeing what that did for you, what it meant, what it meant for that company or what you were working with and why, you know, that that was a good thing to put out. And that builds your own confidence. Like I've provided this value for all these other people. I know I can yeah. do it for this organization and I can probably do it better because I've now learned all of that stuff in the past as well. So this, it sounds as though it's been a, a big time to, I guess, reflect and kind of like internalize your self-confidence because you might've had, mm-hmm. I guess, from getting declined and hearing back from that trash organization <laughs> a week later saying like, Hey, Oh my bad. We forgot to, yo, 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 that, that's on us. That's like, my bad. Yeah. You're, you kind of, you've kind of created like a strong sense of internal self-confidence that isn't really affected by external forces. Yeah. Like it's just, it does you kind of have to build it when you're job hunting because it's literally grueling and you're going to get turned down for so many jobs that you think you're actually you could have gotten easily and then you're like how did i not even get a callback for that like i had one that that i was like i know i could do this job like i i'm pretty passionate about it i'm all all my like connections are aligned all my like skill sets are aligned and then you don't even get the callback and you're like what did i do wrong like yeah. What was I, I must've been fundamentally missing something in my own skill set to not even get the callback for that. 
and that's that that was re- that those ones where i was like this is a job i really really want i know i could do and then you don't get the callback of the toughest ones and then you get a callback from some organization like oh i completely forgot i even applied to you like i, I don't even <laughs> i don't want to be part of this at all but um it is just it is yeah you've summed it up perfectly like that internalized confidence of like just knowing your own worth and it takes like it takes time i don't think i had the same amount of confidence i had last year when i was applying for jobs i was just a lot better about bullshitting the fact that i thought i had that confidence <laughs> which means it was a lot easier to take down because it would be like you'd get that rejection you'd be like oh no yeah you were you're right because i don't have the i don't have the skill set for that i'm, not, I'm way out I'm of my not head good enough for that but this year i'm like so, i can talk go into an interview if i get the interview now i'm like i'm definitely going to get at least a second interview because i know i can talk like very passionately and very precisely about what i've done for different organizations throughout my job yeah so what for you, what caused you to go, caused you to go from the point where you felt kind of like not as confident in yourself when going for positions versus now you're like, I know I deserve based on my body of work to get that first interview. Like what kind of, what, where was the light bulb moment that switched in your mind that caused you to just have that unwavering sense of, I guess, self, not even self-worth, but just self-belief. I think like, I don't want to put too much stuff on like external validation or like that because that's not a very healthy thing to do at all and i think relying on other people to tell you that you're worth something is a very slippery slope to go on but if you have like a baseline of like i'm pretty sure i've nailed like i've done a really good job here and like i've worked quite hard to um put this together and put out the work of the body of work that i have i know that this is good and it just that extra like mention from like that comment from your friend that's like hey like you really like you really nailed that or your bot, even like your work or someone, someone close to you says, do you realize like how good that was? And it's very hard to accept that when you're not like, okay with not very confident with yourself. Cause you just think you're the gassing you up. And sometimes people are, but it's when you kind of, you get that. I can't even remember what the exact stage I got to that point was, but you just all of a sudden know you kind of can realize that you have actually really put something special together and then those people around you really help you realize that even further and like reinforce and galvanize that belief. So it's, there's like a fine balance between getting that, that external validation and that internal validate, not internal yeah. validation, but I guess internal belief for you, yeah. which is the perfect yeah. balance of, I guess, confidence. Cause I feel like a lot of like, I feel like it applies to people in every art form, especially, but like even, even people like, I'll just name drop of like Kendrick Lamar's first DP or like, the first, I mean, Kanye West has never had a problem with confidence. When someone actually, comes up and says something like, I am a God, everybody says, who does he think he is? I just told you who I thought I was, a God. I feel like there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of artists out there that will go like, I think Tyler Creator is probably quite a good example of like, yeah, man. he has never thought he was very good at making music, but he's constant. People will be like, no, you're like, you're really good. You just need to like, keep doing more and keep pushing yourself. And now he's at that level where he like, he knows how good his latest album is. He knows how much work he put into it. And he doesn't necessarily need that external validation, but he needed people to kind of say, like recognize that his work was actually worth something and exactly. validate and kind of show that to him for him to actually believe. I mean, that's complete armchair psychology from projecting <laughs> onto him. But Yo, I think you it, want it to project onto Tyler, the creator, like a little bit more? Damn, I think bro, having a good crazy. support network of people that actually like help build you up and help keep pushing, not to just like say, you're doing really well, like really recognize what you've done, but also go now, like go to the next level. Like I know you can go to that next level to so get there. Yeah. 
And it's actually funny they bring up Tyler because, I mean, in his Tiny Desk concert, he actually said, Excuse my voice. I can't sing. <laughs> but I don't fucking care. Because it feels good. Like a warm shower. I think. <laughs> so yeah. he has... He has that, I guess that, just that belief in himself that, look, I enjoy this. I don't care how it's received. I'm just going to do it like I do it. Because, like, I think this is just, like, a real personal anecdote. But even when I started, like, using just on the, as a side hobby, just, like, making beats and kind of, like, learning how to sample and, like, learning to appreciate the music that I listen to a lot more. When I was putting stuff down, I'd be like, this this is probably all right, but, like, it's not anything special. But if you're in a position where you kind of like expose yourself and worked on it long enough, you can realize when you're actually putting something together, that's actually really good. And I've had a couple of times of doing that learning over the last year of making beats that I'd be like, Oh no, this is like, this is different. This is, this is way further up than I was before. And I'm like, my guys leveling up. And you just kind of have to have that ability to reflect, to actually recognize where you've come and where you've got to. It's interesting contrasting your kind of like, I guess, your specific story with your job hunting with Ginger Snaps' story. Because mm. it's kind of, there kind of, there are similarities and differences. I guess for me, either you both put in ex- like a whole bunch of time, a whole bunch of hours into your craft. Mm. And at times you have, I guess, experienced rejection, but you, I guess, still have that unwavering sense of confidence in yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I think like I really related to Ginger Snaps' story just because I mean I never went for any of that kind of like executive stuff in high school. I was way too. I was like, I do not need to be on that stage doing speeches. Hey, man's just low key. Speaking. You're just <laughs> like I could not possibly do that. And I was like, I really, but it was the it was the wider concept of like putting that that they didn't care about anything else other than people how people perceive them and especially how they perceive them as what they wanted to be, which was head girl. And I thought that yeah. was a really, like, I think we all have that kind of ideal profile that we want people to see us as. And Idealized you, view. Yeah, man. And when you fall short of it, it's, it can be quite like tough to recalibrate yourself and recognize what your yeah. actual value is. Yeah, of course. And I think it's really important to understand how, that when you do fall short, how you bounce back. Like mm. with you, you've seemingly, as you've kind of like fallen short a couple of times, you haven't looked back thinking like, damn, like, is this really for me? You've just, you've kept that confidence and belief within yourself that you can accomplish the task, no matter the odds, no matter the difficulty. And I think mm. that it kind of goes to show that you have like a high level of self-confidence in yourself. And that's beautiful. It's beautiful to see, man. Bless. Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I definitely related to that story. It was really, it was yeah. quite impressive. So we've kind of heard about, I guess, like your job hunting over the last like um, couple years per se. But I guess like maybe before kind of COVID hit and it kind of changed all our lives, where do you currently sit? Are you job hunting still or like what's yeah, the goal? Yeah, I, I definitely, so I, I kind of had that real tough week where I, I turned down another job to get, to try and take another one, had the final interview, it didn't click. I didn't get, I didn't end up getting that job. And that was a real hard hit for me because I was like, I should have taken that yeah. other job. That was based on some other circumstances, but it kind of like hit me and I was didn't have i'd been really just working on like producing cvs producing cover letters getting those interviews ready and really researching for that so that when that all kind of like i just pretty much got set back to zero that was my real crisis moment of like i have nothing to work on now like what am i what am i worth if i couldn't have impressed that last interviewer but then i 
you just kind of i think everyone just has like one of those slump like a slump weekend or a slump week after something like that where you just have to like be a bit mopey for like three days and then (laughs) yeah like clap yourself out and be like no okay it's time to kick back into shit and luckily uh class of 2020 was just starting to like really grind into gear as we were as that was happening so i kind of kai like called me i was like all right we're going we're going to we're going to work like come on pull out yeah let's go i'm ready to i'm stop messing around like let's go and do some stuff and i just immediately kicked back into some courses like make my make my skill set better in after effects we started putting videos together and then in the space of the next week i got like two different job calls back one of them was one of them was from a recruitment company had the interview and i was really happy about it Um, and then the other one was for an even really closely related job to what i'd been doing before and i was like this is really what i'd wanted to do and it was i got that second interview because i'd got out of that slump and started putting together some infographic stuff that I knew would kind of bump me up the shortlist of the job. Um, the, the amount of jobs, people that had applied for it. Yeah. And then yeah. when I got that email saying, Hey, we'd love to have you for an interview. I was like, that's why I put the extra effort in. Like, that's why yeah. I pushed the skills that I had and sent those videos through because it actually paid off. And it was a really good rewarding moment. Unfortunately, then March hit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> things, things changed so that kind of got put on hold but luckily we're, we're still really pushing on with say so and that's been a really good like driving force day to day for me so that's been yeah privileged to have something to work on so is that job kind of like on pause currently yeah both of them like are the- on both of them are just kind of like recruitment process hold because freezing oh okay really dope on, yeah they can't really onboard anyone while they're oh, yeah. working from home so but yeah. yeah bro i thought you i thought you about to hit me with the yeah, those jobs didn't work out. And I was like, damn, bro. Like, <laughs> I need I a wasn't, happy beginning, I want a middle, happy ending, ending, man. Yeah. They, they both called me and were like, hey, like, we just can't, you're, like, we really enjoyed your application, but we just can't hire anyone right now for obvious reasons. I was like, that's that's fine. I'll see you in a month. Well, maybe more than a month. <laughs> yeah, we we don't know. We're, I mean, recording this, like, early April, so yeah. we we don't know how long it's going to be. Like, we, we, Yikes. Ah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I love a segue. So speaking on yes. happy endings, one thing that um, actually and we brought up Tyler the Creator before. So the segues have been setting up, my guy. <laughs> Tyler the Creator talks of his November as a moment in his life when everything seemed perfect. Mm-hmm. He longs for that period in his life, and he just talks about how it was probably one of the best times in his life. And I guess to ask you, because we've 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 kind of talked about some disappointing times when you when you haven't necessarily got jobs mm-hmm. that you wanted, but I guess for you when was your november i think my november was mid-december last year and it was like really just because i was on a road trip with my friend and we were just kind of reflecting on the whole year that had been and it had been such just a massive year of different realizations of like putting work in in so many different ways that weren't just related to like my own work with a whole bunch of different jobs that i'd had and like stuff that i'd realized that way but like the support network that i'd managed to form the kind of self like personal habits and like self-motivation i managed to work on and like really just put the pieces of the puzzle together because at the start of that year i'd been unemployed i went through a breakup which wasn't the most fun time and then yeah. kind of had to like work pretty pretty small hours and a couple different jobs doing like volunteer work just to get my cv built and by the end of the year i'd been i'd gotten offered a job at like a really good company like doing really hectic pr stuff and getting paid for it and i was like that's again why i put all those hours in but i could walk away from that job 
head back up the hill say hello to like all my friends and like just wind down for the day and it was just yeah. ref- sitting in that car driving back home for christmas me and my friend just reflecting over that entire year it was just like so it was just so peaceful it was just a great moment man your november sounds bliss <laughs> like just that's just that. the like oof, that's that's beautiful man that's beautiful yeah yeah. I think it is definitely important, not even in just like in today's world, but just to always some self-reflection on mm. times gone by. Because in the moment, it's hard to kind of think of what this Way kind of means quick. in the scope. Yeah, in the, in the scope of our lives. But yeah, no, self-reflection. And I guess there's no better time to do it than when you're on a long drive. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast only get you so far. Wait, no, wait, wait, no. Podcast. <laughs> no, yeah, wait, yo, hold up. No, podcast. Yeah, so you what, you, what you meant to say was... You were self-reflecting while oh, listening, listening to, to a, a podcast. While listening, yeah, bro, I got you. I out, got out you, bro. On I got you. <laughs> <laughs> At say so pro Jill on Instagram. Yeah, like yeah. you guys laugh, but this is how it's gonna be from yeah, now on. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the dessert portion of this Cozy Corner episode. Funnily enough, I'm still here in the virtual studio, but now I'm joined by Dion Gardner. Dion, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm good, man. It's interesting times having to, I, I was going to say quarantine, but I mean just like socially distance, stay at home, but it's always good. And it's been interesting to see how people's connections between friendships have kind of been forming and you always see on instagram you see people posting oh look at me talking to this person talking to that person Mm. so people i think are almost kind of connecting with each other more than they were before which which i guess shows that you you know you shouldn't necessarily take for granted what we had when we were just able to i guess go outside and just go see our friends right yeah for sure man i'm feeling that too uh i feel like i've created stronger bonds with even just like my family or my friends from this lockdown because i'm like shit they're not here now i can't take them for granted i need to put in that effort to make that contact and it's been really good for for myself and my mental my mental health my mental well-being um self-care has been something that i've been really big on right now yeah with the lockdown i've been keeping myself in check make sure that i'm feeling good every day doing things to make myself feel better because i know that can be taxing damn that's that's so true yo so i think it's when you were speaking, yeah. I had like 20 different segues in my mind. But before we get into the juicy stuff, I guess for the listeners who may not have, who may not know who you are, um, mm-hmm. what is something that you want people to, you'd want people to know about you? Say if they listen to this episode and they know one thing about Dion, what is that one thing? Um, you already know this, but I think an important way to start a conversation about yourself is always to reflect on your family reflect on who you are growing up, who uh, role mo- your role models are. And so I always take it back to my family. I, I, grew, I grew up really privileged. I grew up really lucky to have a household that loved me, you know, and that could provide for everything that I needed. Uh, but everyone has issues. And just because you're comfortable in some situations doesn't mean that you're perfect and that you don't ever have any issues. Um, so, but I did have a, a mother that loved me and a mother that, influenced me even to this day i still look up to her and i I idolize her um things that she did she was so selfless growing up and that has really influenced who i wanted to be um so she was always volunteering giving herself to people who are less privileged out there on her hustle you know her grind that's beautiful Um, yeah 
But then on the other side, I had a father who I didn't exactly connect with. And I think that's kind of shaped me because that gave me a view of a little bit of like toxic masculinity, a little bit of a, he kind of taught me instead of who I wanted to be, he taught me who I didn't want to be. Um, and growing up, I also had like two brothers, two amazing brothers, but two brothers who we competed with a lot in terms of who was, who got more attention, who, who was uh, more loved or, yeah, and that, that really affected my, um, going into confidence into what we're going to talk about my confidence, you know? Oof, yo, my guy's making the segue kind of like for me. Oh, for you? For me. Damn, bro, you're you trying to take my job, bro? <laughs> <laughs> but I guess this kind of, my next question being, how did you, I guess, get involved in the Say So project? Mm. And it kind of makes sense from what you're talking about in terms of your, kind of your growing up and like confidence yeah. and kind of, I guess, the, the difference and I guess how you kind of viewed your parents. It seemed to be something that you, like you were quite yeah, aware yeah, yeah. of your well-being and kind of like your mental health. So is that how you kind of got into? Yeah, no, it was definitely uh, the spark that lit um, my ambitions. Um, I I always saw my mum providing for people who were less, she generally worked with people of special needs um people from disadvantaged backgrounds and and though oh man i'd love to do some kind of work in helping out with well-being and uh disadvantaged backgrounds but my my ambition has always been in men's mental health um being a male myself coming from a, a city where so many of my male friends ended up committing suicide i felt like everybody knows a friend or knows someone who knows someone who has committed suicide, especially in those small towns. Um, it really inspired me to do something about it, do anything that I could to try and help out. Um, and yeah, so my mother's influence, me influence pushed me into studying psychology, studying educational psychology. Uh, but it wasn't until I bumped into Kai, uh, he was my neighbor and oh you mean was, at the at halls or in no 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 in, in flatting he was my neighbor oh, nice, in my apartment yeah. and uh, started spitballing ideas he was already working on a baby project which would soon come to be say so um but yeah my ambition and my influence from my parents really pushed me into that into what would be say so so I guess for you, what made you go from, I guess a point from studying psychology, being really interested in that and actively making, putting effort into trying to, I guess, assist people in the community, whether that be through the SOSA project or anything else that you've mm. kind of got going on, I guess, what kind of like gave you the confidence to kind of like take that leap of faith and I guess put yourself out there and try help? Mm -hmm. Well, it was, it was coming out of, um, I feel like this is an issue that so many people have coming out of university is you kind of get out you've got this dope degree you've been taught everything you know from day one they're telling you what to do and you get led out to the big world, wide world and you're like fuck now exactly all these options you know? yeah exactly i've got all these options i've got lost, this degree right? yeah yeah you are and that's exactly it you're like lost and um i was lost and it wasn't until i found friends and it was this friends that i formed during university uh being like kai callum um where I could, we could come together and come up with an idea of how we could use the skills that we've been taught instead of just going straight into a job, uh, going into, you know, your, your typical 
career path. We wanted to kind of make something for ourselves first yeah. while we had this freedom, while we weren't stuck down, tied down to a nine to five. Um, and it's always been, I wanted to give back, you know, got linking back to my parents, giving back to people who were less fortunate. I had this privilege of being able to study. I just wanted to use it to try and better off people who may not, might not have that opportunity or use it in a positive way to help out the community. I guess use the skills and abilities that you, uh, that you learned at university to try and help mm. other people, which yeah. I think is, I think almost is something that everybody just wants to do eventually in some shape or form. And it's cool that you, I guess, almost straight out of university at the youthful age of 20, young twenties were able to kind of like help that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, um, everyone, we always have that ambition and I feel like, any time in your life, I feel like at some point in your life, you should take that ambition and do something with it because it was always so, uh, you learn so much about yourself, giving back to the community, giving back and helping out others. But yeah, I just straight, straight out of university, wanted to do something positive and wanted to get into that kind of field. Yeah. And, and I feel like it's really, it's also looks good for yourself too. And cause a lot of the things we do aren't always whole, uh, wholeheartedly for other people. It was good for me too, because it, also taught me a it's lot a very good taught point. Me where I wanted to be. Yeah, it, it's it's a two-way street. Um, and it taught me where I wanted to go because I was lost, as I said, and I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do with my degree, but that strengthened my uh, ambition to help out young ma- males or people from disadvantaged backgrounds. Uh, it strengthened the fact that I wanted to hear stories and like, create platforms for people to open up those stories. So... It's a two-way street. So you you obviously have immense, like it's quite a lot of experience, I guess, talking about mental health issues, etc. Did you, did this, and I guess extremely personal question, did it come from mm. your own kind of experiences and wanting to share yours and then that meant that you wanted to help other people feel comfortable and confident to share theirs? Everybody has something down there, you know, some kind of issues that they've dealt with, big or small. Your issues are still valid. Um, and I had mine and that was, and that's why exactly when I got into this, uh, into the say so project and when we were all about sharing stories, I was like, okay, first, first things first, I want to share my story. Yeah. I want to put that out there because it was, it was real and it made, it made it all kind of, I wanted to be as transparent as possible to be like, Hey, I'm going through not exactly the same as what you're going through, but similar things, you know? And that's what inspired me to do this. Yeah. And definitely. I won't go into exactly what. Oh, yeah, what, no, of what, course. What yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. It did. Yeah. And I think you raised a really good point about how um, everybody has the things that they go through. And there's no, I guess, there's no point in belittling somebody else's, I guess, struggle just because you don't necessarily understand it. Because, I mean, when I think of mm. Ginger Snaps' story, it's really relatable to see, I guess, them talk about putting all this time and effort into it. And unfortunately not working out and I guess how that impacted their kind of confidence. I think we've all, as I said, we've all been there. So were there points, have there been points for you, I guess, through the say-so um, journey or through any journey that you've gone through where you've questioned your own kind of confidence? Yeah, I think that's the big, the big thing. It's like, like I said, and like you said, it's never undermining somebody's struggle, uh, big or small. Like people could look at that and be like, man it's just high school you know shrug it off but like i've had uh, i've dealt with things in high school that still to this day affect me um and even i don't know i'm not going to speak for ginger snaps and speak on how 
that affects her. But I feel like that's still a valid feeling, you know? And we've all been through that experience of being like, told you're not good enough. And even though you're so confident in yourself. Exactly. Um, and yeah, 100%, I, I relate to that story. Um, we've all had that experience of like being told that you're not good enough. Um, even though you're confident in yourself, you're confident in your abilities. And that can be, what that can do is really cut down on your confidence or, and really hinder that for the future. Yeah. Um, for me, I was talking about going back to my family because that's really created the person I am. Um, my brothers, there were, there was a lot of like talk about how they were so so good looking like they're all like so sporty yeah so all they had all these things going for them and that was everything the ideal yeah the ideal and then young me was like oh i'm in the family you know i was confident in myself i was like you know what not bad looking i'm sporty i'm doing and i thought in myself uh not bad too but later on in my life got into my teenage years and I got told by a lot of girls, you're just not as good looking as your brother. Oh, so it was the comparison? Oh, the that's comparison. horrible. And to anyone and that, that ever that. said that to you, bro, trash them. Mm, man, and that shit is like, and that's like some high school, like little shit. And like, bro, I've had puberty since then and stuff like that. <laughs> like, bro, I glowed up. <laughs> I was about to be like, hey, the glow up's good, bro. <laughs> But like that shit still lives with me, yeah. even though I shouldn't give that any power. Yeah. Those words still live with me. And it's like, and that still like knocked my confidence. Um, and so I think like it can be like the littlest thing, but you still think about it to this day, you know? hundred yeah. percent. And like someone could view that as, a, as say, just the comment being about your looks. But then we all know that when someone makes one comment about that, it's just going to filter in and weave into like everything else, every mm -hmm. other way that we view ourselves. And you may start thinking of, oh, okay, is it my personality? Is it this? Is it that? Right. Mm -hmm. It's just like every little comment that was said, even though, as you said, it was when you made like 14, 13 still impacts yeah. you in so many different ways. And you can't, it's never isolated. Of like course, said, it's know? exactly. And for me, when it was, especially when it was about my family members too, it was like, now it's like a com, com, like constant comparison for me. Yeah. So they probably don't even, they've like said that comment offhanded, like backhanded. Exactly, you know? just like a joke, yeah. They, yeah, joking maybe, I yeah. don't know, but like they would not have had known that like effect it could have had long term. Yeah. But like it turned me into like comparison, like, oh, I don't want to be like my brothers because if I'm like them, then I get the comparisons. So like I started to pivot how I wanted to act, how I want to be. And like, yeah, it really fucked with my confidence. And it took a long time till I could become someone that I was, get back to a point where I'm confident in myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. So do you, yeah. you consciously made the decision to like different things and do different things to your brothers? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've straight up 180 quit a lot of the sports that they did. Really? Um, went into uh, acting uh, like drama yeah. and a lot of different like um, hobbies that I knew they had no interest in um, <laughs> because it was just like, it was a way to separate myself and yeah. make myself unique. Um, and like, and I, I it take, it took until now where I could reflect on the reason why I did that. Mm. Um, and I'm, and I'm happy I did that because that helped me find who I am. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of it came down to confidence and, 
I wasn't confident enough to be like them. So I wanted to find my own personality. Yeah. That's fucked up. So it kind of feels as though it was like from the point that that comment was made till now, you've been on like a bit of a, I guess, a journey, right? A journey Mm -hmm. in confidence and developing your own kind of like self-confidence. And I think at at this point, um, based on the experience you've had, it might be a good time to ask you what, do you think your definition of confidence is? Because you've had all these different experiences and you're kind of like on the journey to confident, to, I guess, becoming and being confident. And it'd be cool to hear your, I guess, definition of it. But before you continue to give me your take on all things confidence, we'll check back in with Brittany Packner to hear her take on what confidence is. Confidence is the difference between being inspired and actually getting started, between trying and doing until it's done. Confidence helps us keep going even when we fail. And then we'll hear from Dr. Ivan Joseph to hear his perspective on self-confidence. To believe in yourself, to, to accomplish any task, no matter the odds, no matter the difficulty, no matter the adversity. So do you feel as though based on your journeys and kind of like pivoting what you, I guess, were interested in and then now having that confidence in yourself, would you feel as though you kind of like resonate to those definitions? Would they be definitions yeah. you apply? Yeah, 100%. Man. Um, in different ways. Yeah. I think listening to it, there are a few things that like spoke to me, um, the adversity part. I think for me, I'd see the confidence and like going back to linking back to that story because that had a huge impact on my life as little of a comment as it was. Um, and I feel like the only point that in my life I'm confident is now I've started to build this confidence back up. And a big thing with my confidence has been actually picking up some of those sports that I quit when I didn't want to be like my brothers. Uh, it was kind of like going against that adversity yeah. and being confident enough to be like, hey, actually, I am my own person. I am confident in who I am. I'm confident enough to be like, I can do this and not compare myself exactly. to my brothers. And it doesn't matter what everybody else it. thinks. That Yeah. Yeah. And it's that, it was that like uh, being... Uh, being sure of who I am and being sure going against that adversity and doing that like decision and making that decision. I think that really is like spoken to like what confidence is for me and why I'm now finally confident in myself. So going back and doing the the sports and the activities that you gave up has real, I guess, foster the confidence within yourself and kind of galvanize it to a point. Mm. Mm. It, was, it was actually like a huge, like, uh, milestone for me yeah. and even for like other people it might be like oh it's not that much but like for me it was like fuck man I'm like finally in a point where I can be like yo taking back this thing this trauma of my like of my past that I like was so scared to do bring it back and own it in my own way how are you feeling how are you feeling in the lead up to I guess dipping your toes back in the water in the water because I imagine that what you would have had a whole cocktail of different emotions kind of like going through your body, your mind before you, mm-hmm. I guess, for example, step down to the rugby pitch or whatever kind of pursuit that it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was the, it was the judo pitch onto the, Ooh. onto the dojo. Man. It, was, <laughs> it was actually that, that first day was actually like terrifying. I was yeah. like, Oh shit, man. Like, am I going to do it? Like, cause I quit when I was a young, like teenager i'm talking like 12 to 14 yeah so like i knew i'd lost a lot of the skill and they'd like kept it on their black belts and i was like coming back and i wasn't even like i was nowhere near as skilled as them so like stepping i was like oh this is gonna be such a such a journey with a lot of like hard work and determination to get to the point where i'm uh even like got the skill back or anywhere near that 
Yeah. Um, and so stepping on, I was like sucking myself out. I'm like, you can't do this. This is going to, you're not as good. And that those thoughts crept back into my mind. And I started being like, they're black belts. You're not as good as them. Yeah. Like, and, and I was like, I had to really take it like um, a lead up to it. I had to look at myself, reflect and like really check myself before doing it. Because it was like you said, like a cocktail of emotions, a lot of like excitement because I was confident and ready to do it. But also a lot of like self doubt that, crept back. That in talk like, in the fuck. back of mind that like, you can't do yeah. this. There's a reason why you quit. Why are you back doing this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was being strong enough to fight those thoughts that had stopped me all my like teenage life. Being able to be like, yo, I can do this and step onto it. And now it's like one of my like favorite like best like one of the things that bring me so much joy in my life. Yeah. And it's nice to be able to be like, yo, this brings me joy no matter who does it or I don't have to like compare myself. Exactly. Without, without the weight of, I guess, expectations of your older, of your other siblings, right? You're doing it. You're now doing it for you because you enjoy it versus back then there are a lot of other influences, a lot of other talk, external talk kind of like surrounding you. A hundred percent. And all that external talk, I like mentally, I created it for myself, but it was still it was still real and it was still like something that I had to deal with. But yeah, it's just realizing that it was all in my mind. Uh, and just getting to the point where I was strong enough to be able to fight those thoughts, you know? Yeah. So right, right now, I guess on the journey of confidence, where do you think that you're at? Do you have, I guess, supreme self-confidence in yourself or do, do at times you still, I guess, think back to, I guess when you're in high school, when you're a young teen, and does that, I guess, impact you kind of like today? Super good question. But I, I, I mean, maybe one day I will be at Supreme. <laughs> I don't even know if like, that I'd exists. Be, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I was about to say, who is Whatever that, that is, um, I need some of that. <laughs> but no way. But I'm at a point where I'm happy and I'm, um, I'm happy with myself and I can do things. And I still doubt myself sometimes. And I still like, get those nerves but i'm at a point where i can do fucking podcasts like this i can like put myself into a project like this you know and it's it's being being able to do things that i usually wouldn't do and put myself out of my comfort zone mm. um, and having the confidence to do that i think that's where it, like that's why i'm, a, I'm a, at a level where i'm like this is good i'd love to keep improving yeah keep putting myself out of my comfort zone Com- comfort comfort, uh, comfort. <laughs> comfort. comfort. <laughs> Putting myself out of my comfort zone yeah. so that I can keep building that confidence. Yeah. But right now, I'm not doubting myself. I'm not uh, mentally hurting myself. So I think I'm in a good spot. So did you view, would you say you view, I guess, going back and going to the uh, dojo um, as, I guess, a bit of a platform for confidence in other avenues and other fields? Because you mentioned there that you've now got the confidence to say, go on a podcast like this, do projects like this. And you think that has, I guess, stemmed from going back to those activities, even though it was only maybe in a sporting lens, but I guess how yeah. has it impacted the rest of your life would be my question. I feel like it's it's a... It's a, it's a kind of like a, a pebble that starts like gets a rock rolling like a snowball effect kind of like a snowball effect there we go it starts that avalanche yeah um and this year has been a lot of that you know it's been starting off one thing that's gonna lead on to another completely different 
avenue of my life, but it's all been like about building that confidence and building those skills and getting to a point where I can be be doing all these things that I want to be doing that previously I would never have thought I was able to do. Mm. I would never have let myself do. Yeah. So yeah, it had nothing to do with stepping on and doing a podcast, you know? None of the skills are transferable. Yeah. But the confidence, that's what helped me get It's there. how stepping out on the dojo actually impacted you mentally, mm. not physically, which I guess got you to this improved state of self-confidence. Yeah. So as we've done at previous parts of the episode, we've ended the little story on a more positive note. So Dion, take it away, man. When was your November? I like, I like, I like the fact that you're focusing on ending it on a good note. Yeah, man. Positive note. I love that. I think. Because we've talked about some heavy stuff, you know. Exactly. Right. And I'm going to need to go back and reflect too after coming off this, but it's always good to end on a high note. Exactly. Um, my November, I think it started once I met Kai. Um, that was actually a point in my life where it was coming off that like huge, uh, it's a whole nother story, but part of this, the life ring story is I was going through a really bad time coming out of halls. Yeah. Um, and, but I got some good friends. I just met Kai. We started the project and it was like a whole lot of uncertainty but I was finally taking control of my life and I had people around me who were supporting me. Um, and and when I think of a good time, it's that. When I was surrounded by people who loved me, doing things that I love to do. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's my November, when I finally got surrounded by good people. Yeah. I got kind of removed, ridden myself of the toxicity in my life, the toxic people who were weighing me down and I finally found people who valued me and we, we did some cool shit and I really I look back on those times I look back on those videos we create and I always smile I'd say that's my November bro I got no words after hearing that November that was <laughs> goddamn beautiful if there ever was a November that is oh. it right there when you're around people who are supporting you loving you care for you that's I think that's that's the definition of a true November Class of 2020 is going to be my December, bro. It's going to be my next, Ooh. The, the, the month after. Ooh, this how going to be dope. good, man. How good. This shit's going to be dope. That's, that's dope. Um, if you'd like to hear more content from us, you can reach out to us on the Say So Project on the Instagram page at Say So Project. But from me, I'm signing out. Dion, any last words for the listeners? I'm just, all I got to say is plug, uh, plug any work that we've done on Class of 20s. Callum's a genius. Uh, Kai's a genius. Tabby, you're, you're a genius too, man. Cheers, man. Thank you. Thank you for giving uh, me my yeah. shine. I just hope uh, people can either check out the work that we're doing or maybe hopefully I can um, get you to journal yourself, whether it's with Say So or just by yourself. That's all I want. Yeah, exactly. I think for me and I think for all of us, we just want you'd at least take away one positive thing away from looking at the SESO project, you know, whatever that is. Mm. So from us, cheers, have a good day.